When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton and jamie rivers the band is back together for Welcome the last minute back, blues pad- podcast yeah it is did you guys miss me yeah, yeah absolutely no, you man. did totally no, you did. did i yeah. heard that i heard from everybody in the building they're like <laughs> we get to do one without dad yeah dad's not here so we can talk hot no, we'd rather do it with you because you're the one who knows what you're talking about. Right, absolutely yeah. so. There were so many times where I said things, I was like, man, I don't know. Yeah, Jamie would have probably yelled at me about my that. My worst part is going like this. So I'm not really sure. And I look over, there's nobody there. And I'm like, nobody's here to answer my questions. <laughs> but you had Donnie in the hamster. Right, yeah. right, right. Donnie told we... me to go upstairs away for Jamie to get home a couple of times. <laughs> so, it was weird. All, all right, so listen. I appreciate of the three members of this podcast that I am one more privy to your knee-jerk reactions and things. So I have tried to be positive throughout the last couple of weeks of this blues season, not trying to hit a panic button, not trying to get overly whatever. Yeah. But now I'm pretty close to the panic button because, listen, we're— I, I don't know. I think we just know what a championship team looks like, and at this point, it's a far cry from that. And I'm 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 concerned. What I what I would like us to do, if you don't mind, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, so sorry. Is the way this podcast goes is such a learning experience for me, and I know it is for you. Yeah. I know it is for everybody listening, and it probably is for Jamie. He's learning how to you know entertain people and make people laugh like you and I do. Right, sure. He's learning that. Clearly. Sure. But we were just talking in the other studio about our concerns. One of them oh, was, oh, my those, gosh. Man, one, another one of those meetings without me. No. Oh, stop it. You just weren't here yet. Get out of here. Whatever. It's it's us pre-gaming as the fans so we can get our questions together for the expert okay. over here. Even better. Yeah. And, <laughs> and one of them was that. the goalie situation. I sat there and went, man, I'm very concerned about the goalie situation. Then Donnie says, it's not the goalie. It's the defense in front of the goalie. And I kind of think it's a little bit of each. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it is a, a bit of everything. It really is. Uh, Jordan Bennington, for whatever reason, uh, he hasn't he hasn't been stellar. And I think the hardest part with this is he's had some moments where he's been incredible. Yes. But then the squeakers, right, those little duck farts are sliding through there. And you don't realize they're going to make noise till all of a sudden it does, and then you're embarrassed, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I know you understand that, Jeff. Absolutely, man. Um, but, yeah, that's the problem right now is that one week, one per game, and it's costing them. If you look at the first game against the Avalanche, that one from Nathan McKinnon from a horrific angle, and he just throws it on net. And because of the 
the way that Bennington goes down in that reverse VH where it's like one leg down, one leg up, whatever the case, it finds a hole there. And then look at, I'm not going to, like Craig Berube said after the game, I'm not going to talk technically about a goalie because neither am I. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. All I know is that goalies that use that particular setup are susceptible to low pucks in the feet from odd angles. And it worked for Nathan McKinnon. And that proved to be the difference maker. Is, is that something you go to Bennington and say, stop doing it that way <laughs> or, or not? Because to me, it looks like the guy that has an uh, an unnormal uh, or non-normal stance at the plate in baseball, but it works for him. Yeah, but this is a normal stance. You can't stance. go tell them, hey, you can't do that. This is a normal thing. Okay. So it's, I don't know what I could compare it to. Uh, there's two or three different ways for goalies to do it. And they adopt one way of doing it. And this is the way Jordan Bennington does it. Now, quite honestly, most of the NHL plays this style. Some guys are a little more of a hybrid where you wouldn't see that. But that's not the coach. Like, that's not Craig Berube or the players talking to him. Craig Berube will go to David Alexander, who's a hell of a goalie coach, by the way. And he's going to say, hey, what can we do here? Like, how can we work with what we're doing and make it better? Because this has been not problematic, but it's been something that's popped up a few times. And then the goalie coach gets together with uh, the video coach, Sean Farrell, and then they get clips together, and then they get Jordan, and you build some drills around that, and you try to talk to him about it. But let's be honest. I mean, this is the way he's been playing for however many years now since he's done this. You don't just adjust a style in the middle of the season. Right. And right. you're talking about prob- uh, you know, arguably the best player in the NHL who scored that goal on him. Yeah. It- that particular one. At Correct. Least. Yeah, that particular one. And yeah, Nathan McKinnon has a habit of, you know, disguising what he's doing. And if you look at the way he shoots the puck, it always seems like the goalie's in a horrendous spot or they've made a really bad play, but it's him who's the shooter. The common denominator is him the shooter. Yeah. Because the very next game, Billy Huso looked like he was out to lunch on the goal that he scored top shelf on him. Well, was Huso leaning towards the pass in the middle? Was he anticipating it? Yeah, probably a little bit. But probably because Nathan McKinnon either looked off the goalie by staring at the guy in the middle, one last little stick handle, and then boom, comes off the stick so fast, caught him off guard. Nathan McKinnon is a serious hockey player. Yeah. Uh, one of the big boys in the league, and you've got to make sure you're ready for him. One of the guys on the TV broadcast, I'm not sure which one of them did it, but uh, was talking about how one of the things that makes McKinnon so effective is he's very choppy with his stick handling a la Taves in Chicago where he's doing this constantly and then all of a sudden it's off his stick. Yeah, that's the thing. Yager used to be the same way. And when you can stick handle um, in stride, in motion, you're stick handling and then within your stick handle, you shoot the puck. It's not like there's a load, a set, and then a shot. As he's stick handling and accelerating, all of a sudden, boom, the shot comes and you don't know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. As a goalie, you can't pick up where the release point is. You can't pick up the angle of the blade. You can't pick up eyeballs on that one. There are a lot of little tells that goalies have as to where you might be shooting. And when you shoot in stride and mid stick handle, that's a tough read, man. Wow. And just, I've been wanting to say this for a few weeks in a few podcasts. One of the things that is so amazing to me about hockey players in general, and especially super skilled ones, is their ability to do things with seemingly no space yeah. and no time. Yeah. I, it is just so remarkable to me that they can make anything happen in the half of a blink of an eye. Yeah, and I wanted to bring this up uh, when you when I knew you were going to come back, too, is that it, it is also a point where you don't even think about skating at this point. 
like somebody like him and I bring up Taze again and, and all these elite skaters, they're not even thinking about the fact that they're on blades and they're on ice. Like that's just gone. All they oh, have God. to do is concentrate on this. Yeah, that's, I mean, years ago, that obviously. That skating yeah. thing went away like playing bantam uh, Okay, I was going to ask you, at what point do you forget about the fact that you have to try to skate? Honestly, once you can skate, you forget about it. Okay. Like because you just – Apparently I can't skate because I think about it the whole time. <laughs> like my dad said, he played hockey, but it was just so he could have a stick to keep him up. That's <laughs> right. the only reason why he no, played you, uh You become so used to it. Like I've, I've had moments where – I feel like I not not so much anymore because I spend I spend a lot of time on the ice, but not in game situation like I used to or you know hard practices. But being on skates was just as normal as walking around. Yeah, to where you don't notice it, you don't notice that there's you know you're you're cutting left and right and spinning and turning and backwards and forwards and all on a, you know an eighth of an inch of steel. It just becomes second nature. Yeah, are, so. are some of the guys still doing the barefoot? Skating or the 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 barefoot or in not. the skate? Yeah. yeah. Well, they've done a lot more guys are doing that. Um, let me correct that. A lot more guys were doing that um, because the way they made the inside of the skate, it went from being like hard leather back when I came into. They softened up the material, and now it's like it might as well be Louis Vuitton or Gucci in there. It is so like it's just more of a pliable tennis shoe now or no? It's, uh, well, it's stiff, but it's like that memory foam, you know where. Your foot goes in and it hugs it real tight, yeah. and mm-hmm. so it do- doesn't move around, so it doesn't have any like rough edges and things like that. Uh, but guys now are going to a um, a Kevlar sock too. Now, so many guys have been clipped in the back of the heel and on the foot by skate blades and been cut open. Oh gosh, gotcha. that they're going with a Kevlar Man. sock now that prohibits that. And so you're getting a lot of that movement now too, which I don't blame the guys. Well, there's a couple things that I that, that I want to ask about in no no real particular order, and but this is one I was thinking about last night, and I'm sure that Jamie is going to tear me apart for the rationale know, in which boy, that, that I that I reached. This. He does have but, a podcast to make up for, but but I I do. <laughs> here's something that I that I that I that I think about, or, or, or I question. All right, and I understand. God, I, I almost hate picking just, on people. Just out with it. Yeah, man. No, just I know, man. It. No, but, no, but here's no, the reason that I'm. But here's the reason just that I don't like doing it. it because I don't like the, the the idea of picking on a player in this particular time where it's seemingly a team thing. Yeah, right? but I, listen, you got to understand, people out there right now listening are picking on probably the same player. Yeah. All right. Well, here's and the you're thing. their voice, Donnie. Here's the thing. I think when you are playing a hockey, paying an offensive hockey player. Upwards of six to seven million dollars a year. Hmm. That when you come back, hmm. even if you're coming back, back from being hurt, even after you get a couple of games under you, at some point you need to be a game breaker, a cha- a, a a star that changes the game for your team. All so right? you want more out of Tarasenko? I want more out of Tarasenko, <laughs> man. Like and, and, Jeff, how did we know? Oh, I dude, know. he's burning minutes over there. It's okay. Listen, I, but but listen, I, it's not just his fault. I'm not saying that it's all centered around him. I'm just saying that when you pay a dude seven million dollars, I want to know I saw him playing a friggin' game. Donnie, what if you what if you pay him seven and a half million dollars? Okay, well that <laughs> just seemingly makes it worse. Does it make yeah, it worse? What's, what's the you, point? But you understand what I'm saying, up? man? Like, am I? Do I have unrealistic expectations on what Tarasenko should be? doing because to me he's a star on this team and mm-hmm. he needs to play like a star and he's not playing like a star okay so a couple of things to unpack here one he's a star in the league not just on your team okay so you're 100 percent correct on that and good job, good job. yeah very good job so i wrote that question uh, covid high five <laughs> okay uh based on that yeah he has to do more he absolutely has to do more he's got one goal 
one actual like in-game goal. The other one was a shootout goal, which was a pretty move, but didn't really count except for in the shootout, right. um, which was great. Appreciate it, Vladdy. But we need more. We need more. We gotta. We need more out of Braden Shen right now. And I know that sounds terrible, okay? Because Shenner is fighting, he's hitting, he's doing all those things. He's bleeding for it. He is. But has he put up any goals in the last 12 games? Zero. Jaden Schwartz. We love him. Oh, the Energizer Bunny. You know, go, 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 go. How many goals he put up since he's come back? Zero. 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 Vladdy, one in 17 games, I think it is. Robert Thomas now has been back for, what, five, six games now? Zero points. You can't tell me he's right. I don't feel like he's right. I'm just telling right. you, that, but... Oh, see, no, no, I'm not trying to argue with that, but I'm just saying I feel like he has still got something going on. It could be. Yeah. I don't know. He's kind of struggled all year, even before the injury. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he had some moments where the very first game of the season was incredible. Yeah. We thought, hey, we have the next Nathan McKinnon here, yep. just to rub salt in the wound, mm-hmm. and then went nowhere with it, and then he scored a goal the very night that he was injured. He's come back and hasn't had a point yet. So... My point is not really to pick on all those guys. Mm-hmm. The offense is struggling right now as a whole. Um, but, yeah, you've got nine, uh, number 91. He's your 40-goal scorer. He's supposed to be your Ovechkin. He's supposed to be your McDavid. He's supposed to be your McKinnon. And he's not generating enough. He's not generating enough opportunity. Sometimes I find that he's um, standing there waiting for something to happen a- instead of making it happen. I don't know about the line combinations. I don't know. You know, all I know is that you're right. He's got to generate more offense. When you pay him that much money and he's got the the resume that he's got for goals scored and in big moments, you're hoping. You're hoping you get a little more out well, of Well, but here's the thing. And here it adds to my frustration, okay? You mentioned Shin. Uh, you mentioned Schwartz. You know, like, I see the quote that Ryan O'Reilly had after the game the other night where he yeah, said— Yeah, that pissed me off, by the way. Why did it piss you off? That he took all of, the, all of the blame like that? Yeah, a couple things have been pissing me off lately, and this is my turn to go off. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. going to go in its wheel here. Please. Is after every friggin' game, we've got Ryan O'Reilly, because he's the captain, he has to get in front of the little Zoom camera— and answer all these BS questions. And then, not the BS questions. The media does a great job. But they're always the same questions because the team's playing the same way right now. Right. And all I see is Ryan O'Reilly saying, I need to be better. I need to do this. It's on me. It's on. No, Ryan O'Reilly, it is not on you. Okay. I know that he's feeling an extra sense of, uh, of, of weight on his shoulders because of the C on his chest. But that's not the way it's supposed to work. He's going out there. He's doing exactly what a captain should do. He's playing hard minutes. He's playing in every situation. He's battling his you-know-what off every single game. If we had more, if we even had three Ryan O'Reilly's, we wouldn't be in this situation. But we don't. And the other night particularly, it really, really, really bugged me because I'm watching this guy who, quite honestly, almost looked like he could get some tears because he was so upset at the outcome of the game and so upset with his play in the last minute of the third period. But we forget that who scored the Blues' only goal? He was did. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. And how did he score it? Two or three whacks, yeah. cross-checked in the back of the neck, down on the ice, and he scores a gritty playoff goal that you expect out of your guys. And now you're going to – now he, not, not us, but now he's going to blame himself for that loss? I'm not having it. I'm not having it. And, and Ryan O'Reilly, I'm sorry, man – if you and I are ever going to be at odds, it's going to be over this. You don't have to take all the blame. And if I'll tell you what, if I'm the team right now, if I'm Braden Shen, if I'm Colton Pareko, if I'm Vladdy Tarasenko, if I'm part of the leadership group, 
I'm telling Ryan O'Reilly to take a week off from the media. Don't need him there. Well, we, well, we requested the captain. Well, you got one. There's three uh, assistants right here. We're the captains. And because he needs a break, man. Because every time you look anywhere, it's come at Ryan O'Reilly quote, Ryan O'Reilly quote, a video of this, of that. Give this dude a break, man. He's the only thing that consistently every single frigging night of the week is out there battling for the St. Louis Who's, Blues. Whose job is it to go tell him, hey, you need a break. You go sit down. I got this. Is it one of the assistants? Is it a coach? It would be Braden Shen in this case, okay? Because Pareko still, this is where this is where seniority matters, right? Colton Pareko, one, he's injured. Um, hopefully he gets back soon. He's skating out, uh, you know, doing some practices with the guys. I hope he gets back back soon. But that's an awkward situation. Hey, don't talk to the media. You know, well, you're not even in the lineup. Okay, so Vladi Tarasenko, I don't know if that's in his really his character or his personality, but Braden Shen it is, and Braden Shen should just say, hey, oh R O R, take a break here, buddy. Yeah, okay. I got this one. Tonight. I got this. Yeah. Well, they want us both. Guess what? They don't get us both. All right. They're going to get me, and they'll get Vladdy, and then we'll have somebody else who is in a leadership role. Maybe we have Bozak talk. Maybe we have Falk talk. Maybe we have somebody else get in there and answer some questions. Take a breather, man. And this is where, uh, like, the media in the locker room, people say this, that, the other. But if that was the case right now, Ryan O'Reilly would be guarded better, meaning that after the games, uh, the the the. PR guy would come up and say, hey, they're asking for you. Why don't you hurry up and get into the trainer's room, and I'll let them in. And then they come in and notice that Ryan O'Reilly isn't there, and then you just say, hey, look, he's getting some work done with the trainer, blah, blah, blah. Well, great, but then you have multiple people standing around that you can go talk to and get your story. Right now, the only thing you got is a Zoom camera Mm -hmm. and six people who, unfortunately, have to do their job and have to ask the questions and Ryan O'Reilly, because he's such a damn good captain, is shouldering the blame for it all. And I'm sick of it. And, well, and, and here's part of my frustration, okay, is that I see Ryan O'Reilly out there every night digging. You see Braden Shen friggin' fighting when he probably doesn't need to be. But you do not see that same level of get the F after it with everybody on this team. And, dude, it is noticeable like it is noticeable to me yeah i did the i did the blue note before the game one of the games over the weekend and my whole thing was uh everybody should skate like they could be a healthy scratch the next night because it, it it worked for hoffman yeah. whether it was a temporary fix it worked because he's he scored, played better yeah he has what he scored one or two goals the next game i think uh, one he, and he hit a post or two post and in the second game against colorado he had some really good chances had a great backhand pass to Braden shen in front of the net he he's generating for sure. He actually had some entrance with the puck on his mm-hmm. stick too, which I thought was crazy. So my whole thing is, why don't at this level, why don't they play with a little fear of being scratched? Well, this is a unique season for the fact that you're looking at, you know, the Blues have played 37 games. They've got 19 games left, I believe. I think it's 56 overall, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it's 19 yeah. left. Yeah, 19 left. It's risky, Jeff. It's risky. What if you scratch one of these guys, and what if, uh, oh, I don't know, comes back with a chip on his shoulder? And I know the number one thing was, well, screw that guy. He makes a lot of money. Yeah, no. Okay. He can't do you're that right. with 19 games left. He does season, make a lot of money, but you're playing a little bit of a game uh, of roulette here. And your character guy, so if you scratched a Braden Shen, you better believe the pushback coming back to the next game, you're going to get it. You scratch a Ryan O'Reilly, 
you're going to get the pushback. Well, yeah, no. And it, what I mean by pushback is those guys coming back with vengeance, wanting to play well. Mm-hmm. You scratch a certain type of personality, and that person will just shut down. And now you've lost. Now what? And then guess what happens? Guess where all the eyeballs go to? Well, the coach. Right. Well, the coach out these scratch and he tore this team apart. They they don't have any confidence in the coach anymore. They've quit on him. You've lost the locker room. Yeah, they've quit love on that. him. Yeah, I love that. They've quit on him. I love that phrase. Which is, you know, I, I never really got that. Yeah, so no, I guess I guess maybe I didn't explain it right or maybe you just took it a different direction. But I don't want to sit here. I don't want the coach to be like to have that to hang over everybody's head. But you would think that you would be motivated by that. You would think but you're not. Some guys are. Some guys are just playing like crap. Yeah. Some guys are motivated, and sometimes you really want to do well, but you're just not there. Yeah. You're playing like crap. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. There's lots of times I can tell you where I really, really, really wanted to play well, and I went out there, and I was playing. I was going hard, but it was just really bad hard. Yeah. And wasn't making the right plays. Um passes weren't there defensively. I wasn't covering my guy and you start to get in your own head. So what happens then is you start to start to go less hard out there. And it's not because you don't want to try. You're trying to take more of a, of a, uh, an angle that I don't want to get burned. So you play cautious, right? So then there goes the aggressiveness, right? Cause now I'm just in defend mode, meaning like, I just want to make sure I don't get burned. Now, this is just hyper-focusing on how my career was. Mm-hmm. And that's when it could be perceived of like, well, he's not into it. But no, I'm just scared to death that I'm going to get burned out here sure. and I'm going to be back in that damn press box for a week. Sure, yeah. You know? Um, but for these guys here, the, when things aren't going well for you, when you're not scoring goals, when you're not participating, you start to get a little apprehensive. And we are right now in hyper-focus on this Blues team. Every media outlet is in hyper-focus on this team right now. Well, well, I mean, what's the fix to all this? We have the players. We have the talent. I say, I keep saying we. The team has the players and has the talent. It seems like they need to be shaped. You're allowed to say we. I hate that that philosophy, by the way. Okay, good. The Blues are our team. The Cardinals are our team. As long as you guys are okay with me saying we. I always say we when it's the Cardinals and we with the Blues because I feel like as fans, we do enough to support that team that we're a part of it. All right. Okay, Okay, so I'm kind of... Going off of what Jeff just said here, what do you do? You got the trade deadline coming up. I mean, they don't have money to 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 me to to be able to to make any moves unless they trade unless a contract a like like Hoffman. Yeah. You know, but, but well, they also you... have a big guy named Colton Pareko that his money could come off the books if he's put on the long term injury. That's that, right. That's getting so, to be more of the possibility, right? Now, quite, I... And they just waived Jacob De La Rose, so that's like a million. Bucks. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you put a million, two million, Carl Gunnarsson's two million, that million, all of a sudden you're like, okay, wow. Oscar Sundquist, he's done for the season. That's another, what, two million. When you start to add it up, all of a sudden you might have four or oh, five thank million. Thank goodness we have all these injuries. Yeah. Yeah, it's real okay. positive, okay. Jeff. Uh, no, all right. Wrong. Okay, wrong, let's, Jeff. Yeah. No, it's not a positive. Okay, so no. back to the. <laughs> so, so, Jamie, back to the question, dude. What do. What the hell do they do? What do we do? I mean, what this in a in a in a perfect world, this would be tough with Vegas and Colorado being as freaking good as they are. But then you've got the Kings and Arizona and San Jose nipping. So, like, what the hell do we do? Well, and, this team is too good to just 
pitter, pitter away. I'm sorry there's all these questions for you, but you weren't here. It's your fault. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, I feel like but, I need a Kevlar jacket right but, now. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, you, if you can piecemeal a million and a half here and two million here, this team is not one free agent or one trade move away from being a Stanley Cup contender. Okay, but can Are I? they? Can I? The can way I, they're playing right now. I feel like if there was... Listen, I'm just talking out loud before we finally that's good, let Jamie that's talk. That's the way we can hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, but I would I like f- the way you guys have my mic off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I feel like if we're going to make a deal, I would like to see the blue line short up more, especially if we don't know what the hell's going to happen with Pareko. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Jamie. Sorry, we just keep <laughs> put talking. Your, put, your <laughs> GM, put your GM hat on. What yeah, I mean, where, where, where are we at here? Okay, so here's where I think we're at: is the team has actually played better the last two games. Okay, I Which think they the, have. I think the effort has been there. That's Colorado is arguably the best team in the NHL. You lost by a goal in both games. One goal in the first game you'd like to have back from your goaltender, and the second goal in the uh, the winning goal in the second game. You'd like to have that back from your goaltender, too. Nobody's talked about Vili Huso. Yeah, it went through traffic and whatnot, but it was a floater from the point. Mm-hmm. Got to have that. But Ryan O'Reilly with the turnover, it is what it is. So you barely lost to the best team in, in the NHL, or at least certainly one of the top three teams in the NHL. That's a positive, okay? And you competed. The, the second game, I thought the Blues competed really hard. So they're showing signs to me of coming out of this. And that's usually what happens when you have one of these slumps is – you go into the slump, you start to flow down, you kind of hit rock bottom, and then you start to work your way out of it. And usually before you come out of it, you have a couple of really big heartbreakers where you're like, we were right oh. there, we should have had it, and then you don't come out on the right side of it. But the key is to stick with it. So I don't think it's panic time. Okay. I really don't. Now, they find themselves, what, sixth in the division, tied with San Jose right now. They have a game in hand. They end up one point behind the, the Coyotes. Guess what? You have a head-to-head game against the Coyotes later on. So you can make up that one point in that one game. So you take that game and you just park it over here. But you've got to focus on what you have coming up in front of you. Obviously, some big games against some of the top teams in the division. I do think the defense has to be addressed, okay? Uh, either Colton Pareko comes back, problem solved, or you take that money and you go get uh, not a number one or number two defenseman because that's not going to work. You need to get like a three or a four. You need another Marco Scandella. And I was just going to oh say that. Gosh, God, I wish so I would have said it yeah. out loud first. Damn. And then that, what happens then is Vince Dunn, who I think he's been okay. He bumps back down to play with Bortuzzo or Mikola or Wallman, whoever they feel is going well. Now you have that little pool of players to keep your, your bottom pair active, but you bring in, let's say, a, if even possible, like a Matthias Ekholm from Nashville. Left-handed defenseman, Scandella can play the right. He's proved that already. He, Ekholm's got another year at like $3.4 million after this year, but he's a top-four defenseman. He's a shutdown type guy. He can move the puck, plays pretty well. That would be a big problem solver. But that's if and only if two things, Colton Pareko's injured and the Nashville Predators will dance with you. Because guess what? This is a one-year unique thing. Right. Next year, the Predators are back in your division. Right. So that could cause some problems. Now, Travis Hominick is another player, but right now he's under the, the COVID protect list in Vancouver where they've got, like, everybody in the city has got COVID. That's a joke. They've got 20-plus players that are on the COVID list. Wow. So good luck making a trade there at this point. Wow. So that's pretty much what you have in front of you as far as to help this team from an external point of view. I'm In, in my opinion, and I don't know the severity of Pareko's 
injury other than he's been out for a while and the reports of him on the ice are not glowing. 19 games, if you can use his salary, shut him down. I, I Listen, I said this a couple if, of— If there's somebody out there that can help. Correct. Yeah. If you can get the right deal I, for it, the it, right player. But if you can get Colton Pareko back— At what percent, though? Correct, but— Hear me out on this one, okay? And this is kind of a scumbag move, but I'll do it because Chicago did it not too long ago. And they're Pat- scumbags anyway. With Patrick Kane, yeah, who is a good guy, but a scumbag to us, okay? Yes. Is they sat on Patrick Kane through the trade deadline, used his money, went and picked up a guy, and then as soon as the playoffs came, oh my goodness, the magic wand He's activated back. Patrick Kane mm. because there is no salary cap in the playoffs. So if the St. Louis Blues were able to take the money oh. from Colton Pareko uh, and go acquire a... Matthias Ekholm. I'll just use that name. I don't know anything, so don't blow up my Twitter account later when you listen to this. I'm just throwing it out there because mm-hmm. I, Jamie Rivers, think he's a good fit. So you go get a player like that. Colton Pareko's on the shelf. You squeak into the playoffs at fourth. You just, you know, you limp in. Now you activate Colton Pareko because he's a healthy dude. Now look at your blue line. Yeah. Right? A little better. So it, it's a scumbag move by the Blackhawks, but a genius move by the Blues. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, too, man, I really firmly believe <laughs> that if this team can just get there, once it gets there, it can ride its own path. I think they're good enough that they can that, that they can do that. But you know, we just maybe haven't seen it in a in a minute. In a, in, listen, a, in a minute, there is no doubt in my mind the Blues are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think there's so no too. doubt in my mind. Okay, and if they play the Colorado Avalanche, who I anticipate to be the team to finish first in the division, we that's going to be a very serious go. Look at what we just had. And that was with a Blues team that wasn't at 100%, mm-hmm. that is kind of struggling right now. You put that Blues team from game one in the season where the Blues were healthy. Might be the only time they're actually fully healthy. Uh, actually, they were minus Tarasenko, so never mind. Yeah, I'll take true. that away from there. <laughs> yeah. And now you, look at that game. We blew the wheels off them. Yeah, we lost the next night, but I'm just saying, this would be a hell of a series. So, in my mind, yes, it sucks right now, and I hate it. But we don't have to panic just yet. They're right. going to make the playoffs, and when they do, they're going to have to play maybe the toughest team in the NHL in the first round. That might be the best idea for them. I want to switch up, Blues, for just a second because this popped into my mind. Uh, did you guys see, uh, and I, I'm sorry that I don't know which which Kachuk is in Ottawa. Is it Brady? Brady. Did you my see boy. Brady and Shea Weber the other night? No. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, baby. He went climbing that tree, and he did pretty darn well for himself, too, It must too, not man. have been a TV game, because if it was a Kachuk, I'd watch it, damn it. it I don't know what it was on. i have um, to go watch on hockey fights. And first of yeah, all, it looks like good. W- it? when Shea Weber is throwing punches, it looks like his arm never stops. Like, his <laughs> arm is just so freaking long, and Kachuk hung in there, man. Well, he ducked a few of the punches. So he's, Brady is getting to be a better fighter, okay? Like, he's always been a big, tough kid, but... He didn't fight a lot in his career because it didn't really require it, right? Now he's playing in the NHL, and now he's chopping down some big oak trees. Right. And so he's learning, and Shea Weber throws a few, and you see Brady just duck his head like twice. And then he starts to unload yeah. on Weber and then gets him pinned up against the net. The net kind of falls over, and they, you know, the referees get in. Guys, I will go on record to say this right now, that within the next two years, Brady Kachuk will – Nobody will go near him. He will be like, um, not Melon Lucic, pretty close. Wow. Or Tom Wilson, pretty close to where nobody's going to go near him for to pick a fight like that. It'll be Brady's choice whether or not to do it because he's got that in him. 
But he's also, I believe, the top scorer on the Ottawa Senators team. He's an incredible hockey player, but he's chopping down every tree in his path right now. He'll be the cap. I would say you. He might be made captain next year Man, for that team. If if you if you are Ottawa and you're building around that guy, you have got to be stoked for that. Ottawa has a ton of cap space. They have a crappy owner, unfortunately. Right. Okay, but they have a ton of cap space. If I'm the Ottawa Senators in this off season, I uh, I make Brady Kachuk the captain as quick as I can. The reason I do that, and I lock him up, an extension, eight-year extension. What I do there is I'm showing the rest of the league and everywhere around me that this is the kind of team we're going to be. The captain that you see, this young kid who everybody loves, the way he plays, and he's super talented, and he's really turned into a great leader, this is our culture. So if you know anything about hockey, you're going to want to be here because being in Canada and playing in Canada is a lot of fun. Ottawa, when I played there, was a blast. Sold out every night. Couldn't even find a friggin' spot to stand. Brady Kachuk will get it back there, and that's your that's your marketing right there, Brady Kachuk. Okay, can we have the other Kachuk come to St. Louis then? <laughs> Damn it, anyway. You never know. He's not. Uh, he's still look at. He's an amazing player. He's having a little bit of a Gosh, tough go it. with Daryl Sutter up oh, there. Yeah, well, Sutter likes to pick on his best players. Like ask Jerome McGinley and Craig Conroy about their time with Daryl Sutter and. He's hard on the star players. Now, he will extract more out of that player ultimately, but it might take a little while to get there. So a year or two from now, Matthew Kachuk might be this Jerome McGinley-esque Hall of Fame type player. Um, but will he make it a year and a half before losing his mind? Because it mm-hmm. is tough. Mentally, right. it's tough. And look, if anybody can do it, it's going to be Matthew Kachuk. Okay, so I want to ask you as a, like a, as a player. So you know about... Obviously, you know about the owner the ownership before you sign with the team. Obviously, oh, yeah. this guy in Ottawa, uh, you, uh, I cannot Eugene remember. Eugene Melnick. Mel- Melnick. Wow, it just sounds like a douche name. He's a puke. He, he's awful. It sounds like a character in like uh, some goofy movie. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like your yeah, prototypical guys, bad guy. This is where they're at right now. Before you continue, yeah, let, yeah. let me set the table. Yeah. Is that his one company has gone bankrupt. The Ottawa Senators are barely making their bills. He has borrowed against the team, and they've basically foreclosed on the team, but he found a way to get some money to pay off some things. And basically, they're treading water to where the nose is just above able to breathe. Okay. Okay. That's where they're at. Okay. And so he's operating it like that. If you look at the way they made free agent acquisitions, it was embarrassing. They had like $35 in cap space. So, Okay. So talk to me. So so then, Goose, talk to me. I, so <laughs> so then, why in the hell would anybody want to? Why, why wanna... can't I be Maverick? <laughs> That's fine. But Mav, why? why you kind of look more like Goose. Why, why the hell? Put the glasses on him, Jeff. Would, I, hey, listen. I will. I will take that role outside of the passing away in the airplane. Other than that, I, I don't mind being Goose. You got paid Spoiler for alert. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Damn it! I'm going back. Why the hell would you want to go up there and play then? Even if you have a Brady Kachuk, knowing that that nonsense is kind of hanging over the organization. Yeah, what Ottawa has been doing here lately, and I hope to continue with it, is they're building a a subculture there. And what I mean by that is they're building a culture underneath this awful umbrella that the culture itself is good, to where Brady Kachuk is there, to where they have a bunch of other younger guys that they've done. Pierre Pierre Dorian has done a really good job of drafting and trading for young players that are going to be very good, very hungry very similar to Brady Kachuk as in talent and ability, that's infectious. 
you look at that and you're looking at a team that two years from now could compete for their division, and you're like, wow, they'll still have a window of like seven years of being good. Right. And so although the owner is a bit of a piece of work up there, um, you know, this team has potential. Where they're going to run into a, a roadblock is when all these young guys come up for their big contract. Sure. And the arbitration goes away. So f- let's see, for some of them, it'd be like four years, five years from now to where five years from now where the roadblock will come. But at that point, maybe there's a different ownership there. And that's what we're all kind of hoping for, that's right? That's what the NHL is hoping for. That's what people in Ottawa are hoping for. I, I personally know of three businessmen in Ottawa that have offered to buy the team. And they have a kajillion dollars. That's a lot. Ooh, is that boy, Canadian money, kajillion? <laughs> Let me just tell you this, Jeff. Um, if they wanted to come down and almost buy St. Louis, the city, they could just offer it in cash. Whoa. That's what they have available. Now, Melnick is pushing back. He doesn't want to sell the team. Okay. But they're waiting there. They're waiting like... Uh, what would it be like the vultures who are watching somebody walk through the desert <laughs> just right. as it just as the person slowly thirsty? you get thirsty there we're just waiting over here don't worry so does the NHL have any ability to to change the ownership I, yes they do yes um look at now you're really asking me here like, I'm a really I'm sorry. smart I didn't, guy I didn't, mean to put you on the, I didn't mean to put you on the make stuff up like we're not gonna know <laughs> no yeah, we'll no know. it's not good because then what happens is you I get s- these little papers where they say you're due in court ah. it's happened <laughs> it's our fault for believing you three times before um <laughs> would that ever be a case where well, the look, NHL would try to force the NHL it? stepped in with Phoenix which is now Arizona right they stepped in there they took over the team they ran the operations and so yes if things get bad enough the NHL will just take over and it happened again uh, a long time ago with the Islanders when uh, Spano decided he was going to build the, buy the team, but he actually didn't have a pot to piss That's in. Right. He had this whole fraudulent thing, and all yeah. of a sudden the team was sold and everything was done. The NHL goes like, wait, we don't have our money. It's like been a year now. You haven't paid us. They figure out oh, he had no money, so the NHL stepped in, and it's ha- it has happened. <laughs> and so with, with Malnick – I think the the leash is short. I think Gary Bettman, well, I know for a fact Gary Bettman is very aware of the situation through my personal contact with the people who really want to buy the team. There's been discussion there. Mm. There's been discussion. But obviously, two things. Gary Bettman can't talk openly about uh, ownership problem. That sure. there's, that's just you, you legal can't do, craziness. Whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? Yeah. Client confidentiality, whatever. Um but there has been discussions as to what a plan B or a plan C could look like if plan A goes up in flames. I feel like I want to start rooting for the Senators. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the well, conversation that okay. we've had. Let me Ottawa, say, but you know what, though, man? Ottawa I like is a lot fun of those... to say. Say Ottawa. Ottawa. That's fun. Yeah, it sure is. Let me I... tell you something, guys. Ottawa is an incredible city. Okay, born and raised there. I can tell you this. If you ever want a vacation somewhere in Canada where you feel like it's going to be unique... Ottawa is unique. All downtown is like Europe. So when you go down there, all the old buildings and all that cobblestones and people are walking everywhere. We have the Rideau Canal that goes through the entire city that turns into the world's largest skating rink in the wintertime, by the way. Is that the one that they always show people just yeah, skating straight? Yeah, just zoom straight oh, down. I want to go do that. Awesome. There's a teammate of mine who got a breakaway 10 years ago. He's still going. He's still going? <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> I think we need a last bit of Blues podcast road trip. We should. That, I'm that's, telling you, that's what it I would be need. incredible. And the fans in Ottawa, I'm telling you, I played there. I played there for a season, and I was blown away at how amazing the fans are and how much they want to support the team. 
that franchise should be successful forever if they have a dedicated ownership, a good GM, a solid coach, and that culture. And I can tell you what, if Brady Kachuk is at the top of the list for that culture, that franchise for the next decade at least is going to be well taken care of. Very good. I got to tell you, I feel a little bit better about the Blues after this conversation. I mean, still, I got my issues, but, you know, I I, backed away from the pain. What I like is talking to a guy who's been there before and go, dude, there's 19 games left. Relax. The the talent is there to make the playoffs. They just got to get through this. Right. You know, that's the thing that frustrates me is to watch them get down to 40-something seconds left in regulation and have that heartbreaker. I don't want to see Bennington doing that. Look up in the sky after yeah. a freaking goal anymore, man. Yeah. That's got, what's frustrating to me. I got in trouble after that goal on Saturday night. What did wow, you what say? Did you, do? Did you uh, say bad words? Oh, well, yeah. Like yeah. a like a slew of them. Like a, 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 a slew of them loudly and in a row. Mm. Were you so, in church again? Nah, I was, in the living, <laughs> I was in the living room, but my son was also in the living room playing on the Switch. And, uh, uh, yeah. So and you might as well have been. My, my daughter was at the kitchen yeah. table uh, doing some heard art you. stuff. She heard you. Oh, clear, I think the neighbors probably heard me, as a matter of Why fact. Why didn't you just blame the dog? I can't blame the dog. She's only got one eye now, man. I can't do it. She saw the play wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. We're done here. Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Love talking blues. Send us your emails. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. We'll get back to answering those here. Uh, We will have another episode later this week. Thank you guys very much, as always, for listening. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.